You're listening to another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns, featuring your guy, Bully Rye, and PJ Steven, presented by Anchor Podcasts. That's right, everybody. It's another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye, and, uh, and we got a special show for you on the on the... I guess on the cusp of the 2023 uh, Backlash edition, we are going to be discussing WWE or WWF Backlash 2000. And in order to do that, we're going to have to bring in wrestling show co-host PJ Steven. PJ, how are you doing today, bud? I am fantastic. Uh, this is going to be a really, really great episode. We're talking about a classic Backlash, Backlash 2000. One of my favorite uh, pay-per-views of the 2000 era and the uh, well, two, year 2000 and the Attitude Era. Uh, we're just coming off of getting into, uh, we're a little bit away from buying WCW and ECW. Uh, Stone Cold is injured, so you kind of have people uh, looking to new baby faces and new heels to look at. Uh, we're coming off of WrestleMania. It's a tremendous pay-per-view. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to g- talk about it with you. Well, let's get right into break it down and let's break down the storylines leading up into this show. Um, you're going into the show with Triple H as the World Wrestling Federation champion. Uh, he has already aligned himself with Stephanie McMahon, who is at this time going by Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. Um, they have gone from the DX heels with, with Shawn Michaels to the babyface DX now back to the heel DX as, as, uh, uh, the old valet for, for X-Pac, um, uh, Tori, will be accompanying them to the ring for their their tag team championship match at the start of the show. Uh, but PJ, why don't you give us some of the storylines outside of what I've already listed heading into this this ma- this match card that uh, were intriguing to, to look at uh, some 23 years later. Well, what's great is we're coming off of WrestleMania 2000, which as... Most people know that was the McMahon in every corner main event. Uh, WrestleMania 2000 uh, had <clears throat> Triple H, your champion, taking on The Rock, who had Mr. McMahon in his corner, Mick Foley, who had Linda McMahon in uh, his corner, and Big Show, who had Shane McMahon in his corner. Fatal 4-Away elimination match for the WWF champion. And, of course, you had The Rock and Triple H really um, – uh, Starting their well, not starting the rivalry, but continuing their rivalry, and it's amazing to look at because Triple H and The Rock, even while even in '96, '97, were having just really, really terrific matches. You could definitely tell that they were going to have um, an amazing rivalry leading up, uh, especially at I think about SummerSlam '98 <clears throat> with Triple H and The Rock in that um, tremendous ladder match. But we're continuing on here because at that WrestleMania, Mr. McMahon actually betrayed The Rock. Um, Yeah, big surprise there. It's Crash TV, bro. Actually, never mind that. He was in WCW at the time. Um, But anyway, super silly. But fun stuff either uh, either way. So um, you're starting starting to see, uh, it's like, I think it's like um, April 10th in uh, 2000, um, uh, Triple H is the WWE champion. And uh, on Raw is War, The Rock actually won the right to face Triple H for the WWF Champion at Backlash. Um, So 
But they put the um, a bunch of stipulations on the title match that would give Triple H full advantage. Vince and Stephanie would be allowed to be at ringside, and then Shane would be named the referee for the match. So your main storyline is Triple H and The Rock, and can The Rock overcome all of these obstacles uh, to take out Triple H to finally uh, get the title? You've got a couple of other matches here. Nothing crazy big storylines. Obviously, that's your main storyline. We're continuing a little bit with the Eddie and China storyline where she's now his valet. She's finally accepted that his love kind of thing. Um, Latino heat. Yeah. God, that was... Oh. <laughs> Latino heat. Oh, that's so stuff. good, man. It's so fun good. Stuff. Um, we're going to see Chris Benoit defending the Intercontinental Champion against Chris Jericho. Um Obviously, you know what you're going to get there. You're going to get a pretty tremendous match. But that's the basis of the storylines that are coming in. Your main thing that you're focused on is continuing the WrestleMania uh, storyline uh, between the McMahons and The Rock and uh, and Triple H being involved. Um, the Stephanie, the what is it, the McMahon-Helmsley regime, I think is what it was being called at the time. Yeah, so really fun stuff here. I know... Um... The Intercontinental Championship match uh, sort of stemmed also uh, from WrestleMania as Backlash is the is the sort of the post-WrestleMania pay-per-view here. Um, but Kurt Angle was both the European and the Intercontinental Champion in that match and lost both of those championships without getting pinned. Um, yes. And, and Chris Benoit would walk away with the Intercontinental Championship. Um, and, that, and that's how you keep Angle strong, too, because we're not that far away from him becoming WWF Champion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Again, as PJ mentioned, a lot of fun stuff here in this show and a lot of um, a lot of fun storylines to look back at uh, to reminisce uh, from the I guess you'd still call it the Attitude Era. Uh, PJ, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we are going to dive deep into what was Backlash 2000 in our main event. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one one-stop repairs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show, and we are getting into the main event of this week's episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. We are getting right into WWF Backlash. 2000 and we start off the show with a pretty strong match here the wwf tag team championships 
are on the line as Edge and Christian are defending against DX, the team of X-Pac and Road Dog uh, coming to the ring by Tori. Uh, PJ, I sort of forgot about Tori until I, I saw this pay-per-view. Um, kind of wonder whatever happened to Tori. I mean, I've, have we seen Tori in the last 20 years? I I don't think so. Not not at all. I remember this is around the time she was like Kane's girlfriend or something. Um, yeah, I know she's probably... Uh, I think she runs like a yoga studio in like Portland or something like that. If that's not true, it's something that I would believe. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, this is still an era not quite where we get the edge and Christian that we would know. Um, not from a standpoint of wrestling. Like, obviously, they're still the tag team champions. Um, they've already had their run-ins with the Dudleys and the Hardy Boys. Um, but we we aren't getting the comic the comic relief Edge and Christian that we would grow accustomed to during this era. They're still coming through the crowd. Um, yeah, this, you know, was before, this was before the uh, the five-second pose or whatever. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, Road Dogg and Xbox were, get, Xbox were getting booed, right? Um, I forgot what happened to Billy Gunn during this during this uh, point in time. Maybe he was injured. Um, but obviously DX was was now part of this this corporate regime, which made no sense. Um, but they were getting booed. But by the end of this match, Edge and Christian were getting booed, uh, probably primarily because Edge or, or Christian cracked the the ring bell over X Pac's head to get the one two three. This match went eight minutes thirty seven seconds. Um. PJ, do you remember anything about watching this back back, you know, when we were younger? Or was this sort of like a nice refresher that that you had completely forgotten about in a race stream remember? I, uh, I, mean, I, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I did think it was a pretty good match. I mean, I gave it three stars. Like it was okay. It was a fun little opener. Yeah, I mean, listen, WWE WWE let me let me rephrase. NXT over the last few years has has done a really good job of starting off their takeovers with phenomenal tag team matches and that's sort of what reminded me of what they were trying to do here uh right. starting off the, the show with a tag team championship match also uh you know we're, we're gonna get into it here in the next matchup but jim ross announced six title matches on this card the pay-per-view post wrestlemania and you've got six title matches i'm, I'm thinking about today's yeah. wrestlemania where you might have four or five title matches between the two days. I mean, I don't think the Intercontinental Championship um, had been defended at WrestleMania until this year in the last, like, three or four years. Um, so, so nevertheless, it was uh, it was, it was was intriguing to see six title matches on this card. Um, again, good match. Not the best match so, you'll ever see. I do want to say, like, I just found I, – I, I was struggling for a second because I couldn't find my notes where I was typing, and I just found them. And literally the first note that I have is, Tori looks great. The second note I have is, like, man, the crowd was hot for the finish. Oh, yeah. It was – it was um, again, it was it was a sort of a gaga finish, but the crowd the crowd was excited for it because, again, yeah. the DX is now the bad guys again. So uh, Edge and Christian retain, go back through the crowd. And they, they report for the rest of the night that X-Pac has gotten stitches from getting hit with a ring bell. I never saw him busted open. Did you, PJ? I, I did not, but, you know, I, I noticed that too. It's interesting that they would they would get color after the match was over when nobody can see it. So, um, but I digress again. Good, not the best match you'll ever see, but a pretty good opener here for this card. Um, the next matchup on the card would be a great match back in WCW days. The WWF Light Heavyweight Championship is on the line as Dean Malenko 
who has recently re-won the title from uh, the challenger, Scotty Tuhati here. One of the longest matches on the card, probably like top four, top five, longest match on the card. Dean Malenko goes over with a top rope DDT, and I'm not talking like uh, he like a, a spinning or a, a tornado DDT. Like Scotty Tuhati goes up. I don't know what he's going for. Um, Dean Malenko catches him. And turns it, matter of fact, Scotty Tuhati, I thought he was going for like a superplex. And Dean Malenko reverses it into a top rope DDT. It's a right. really, really fun <laughs> spot um, and a good way to end this match. 11 minutes, 47 seconds. Uh, PJ, looking back, uh, obviously this is pre-WCW purchase. It still screams that WWE missed the opportunity with the cruiserweight division, specifically with a guy like Dean Malenko. I totally agree, but I loved this match. I'm not going to lie to you. I gave it three. It was great. Stars. I mean, I, when, it, when I saw that that was the next match, I was like, man, I don't know. But, man, I forgot, like, Scotty Tuhati is not just about the worm. He was over at this time. And those the, the crowd came unglued for the worm. Oh, yeah, like it, dude. I mean, it's just tremendous. Great stuff. The Tiger Bomb um, uh, gets Malenko the two. He's going to hit like a like a power slam for another two. And you're like, man, when's Scotty's got to give it up here. And um, he comes up top. Try He tries a superplex. Uh, he is in Scotty. It's counter to that super DDT that you just uh, that you just mentioned. And it spikes for the win. Um, I was ready to see. I expected a Cloverleaf for the tap out. Uh, but it didn't work. It, it had to be something else, and I like the storytelling. I loved this match. I'd honestly give it four stars, um, uh, really looking back. But I agree with you that they missed the boat on Dean Malenko, but this still was, was a pretty good match. But speaking of cruiserweights, I think you and I are going to be talking about some cruiserweights in the next couple weeks uh, that I'm really, really excited for. Yep, and we'll be getting is, to talking is about... Dean Oh, well, I was going to say, we, we did an episode where we talked about our top five cruiserweights, and I couldn't remember. Was Dean Malenko in your top five? I believe he was. That, that's correct. So would Would Dean Malenko be in your top five technician wrestlers? Absolutely. I mean, they didn't call him a man of a thousand holds for no reason. Well, Jericho was a man of a thousand and four holds, and he's not in your list. Well, you know, I, I want to say I, I had him in my list. But I don't view Jericho as the quintessential cruiserweight. Same as I don't consider Eddie Guerrero the quintessential cruiserweight. Um, yeah, I was, I, about, I was talking about yeah, I was talking about technicians. But yeah, you're right. Oh, technicians. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Um, <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Because think about it. Dean Malenko is a man of a thousand holes, and that was your argument. That if Jericho is a man of a thousand four holes, he's got to be in your list for technicians. Listen, by that logic, you would be right. The problem being is that Jericho was a troll. And that 1004 is obviously, you know, it was just a way to of get to send Dean Malenko home for a few weeks. Um, but, you know, if you believe that Jericho was truly the man of a thousand holds, then you got you got worked, playa. Um, the, the I, don't, I, I, I don't think that he's the man of a thousand holds. I oh, think no, he's I, the man of a thousand and four holds. Uh, you're not going to let this go, are you? Um, <laughs> let's listen. Let's get back to this match I'm, real I'm quick. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to to bypass the fact that the match after that. I know you're not done with this match. The match after this one was so god awful that I'm trying to get the fans, our 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 five fans that listen to this wonderful podcast, listen to our wonderful voices. Maybe six. Um, 
prepared. Yeah, we're at least at seven now. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're at in a half, in a half, in a half. Um, the next match is just so god awful. But if you want to continue talking about this one, yeah, yeah, just just real quick, I do want to mention that um, Scotty Too Hotty. Uh, not many people remember him as Scott Taylor, right? Um, but Scotty Too Hotty could work. People remember too cool he and Grandmaster Sexay. They would bring Rikishi Fatu that would drop Fatu and just simply be Rikishi. They would they would pull the dancers in the ring. Um, people people remember the the com- comedy behind Too Cool and forget that Scotty Too Hotty could work, and right. he showed it with one of the best technical wrestler cruiserweights um, of all time in this match. So a really good match. Um, you mentioned the next match, not so much. A tag team match, and I'm not sure how we got here. Is the APA still being called the Acolytes, even though they're now coming out to the APA Tron and the APA Music? Still coming out of the Acolyte in the Acolyte tights. No, no more the the paint, the the chest paint that they used to use when part of the Ministry of Darkness. Taking on Big Boss Man and a dresser like Bull Buchanan. PJ, do you remember anything about how Bull Buchanan got hooked up with Big Boss Man right here? I don't remember how, but I remember them being a tag team, and I remember it being pretty awful. I remember Bob Buchanan teaming up with D'Lo Brown at the first Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but seeing what? him here, yeah, you didn't know that. Shut up! I had no I idea. Swear, yeah, it's real life. The uh, Wrestle Kingdom uh, one, I think it was maybe the very first match. Um, it was it was bulb yeah for you get out your history books here uh gentlemen it's um and ladies we might and have lady. one, one oh, lady oh maybe I, it was like the first or second match but it was bulb Buchanan, Dilo brown and it was actually uh tomco tomco um tyson tomco but he was going by travis tomco and um they took on toki magami toramore ishi and toriano it was a six man tag match but i can't remember where it was on the car but yeah that was the first wrestle kingdom that's crazy nevertheless we get a dress-alike of Big Boss Man with Bull Buchanan here. Um, listen, Bull Buchanan, he had some spots in this match that made him look like an athlete, but just clunky bruisers just trying to fight each other in this match. And, this and match was horrible. Yeah, it was. It was. It was hard. It was hard to watch at times. Um, the most, I think, the most embarrassing thing about it is that Boss Man and Buchanan went over, and I think Buchanan got the pin here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Seven minutes and fifty seconds. I think it went seven minutes too long. And you're right; they were. It's like these brawlers that they were trying to do, like hardcore wrestling spots. And to me, it's like, man, just let them brawl. It just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it at all. I mean, listen, there are three Hall of Famers in this match, and the one that isn't got the pin. Um, I mean, you think of when I, <laughs> I don't know why when I think APA and I think about the fact that they like to brawl, I will never forget. And it's it's been very well documented. The night that Public Enemy came to WWE and tried to run things, and the Acolytes just beat the living hell out of them. Just beat the ever-loving crap out of Public. Beat Public Enemy so bad that they left the company. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of APA that I'm I'm sort of anticipating every time I see an old match now. And I think they tried here, but it was just it was clunky. There wasn't a lot of chemistry. Luckily, it only went 8 minutes and 37 seconds, which is weird because it was the exact same time that the WWF Tag Team Championship early in the match ran for. Identical 8-minute, 37-second tag team matches. 
Uh, we won't spend too much more any more time on this one. Let's go to the next match on the card. Uh, the old 24-7 Hardcore Championship is on the line in like a six-pack challenge. And the, the gimmick for this was that Crash Holly had to be pinned in order for the title to change hands. It couldn't be somebody pinning somebody else and taking the title off of Crash Holly. Um, Crash Holly will retain against the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, his uh, kayfabe cousin, Hardcore Holly, and both Taz and Perry Saturn in this match. Um, some ECW originals. 12 minutes and 18 seconds is what this match got. God rest his soul. I love Crash Holly. And he, so I've got a, a short story to tell you. A few years ago, um, I got about five other guys to get on WWE 2K. I don't remember what year it was. But we all got into, into one match. Uh, it was a six-man ladder match. And um, I guess you call him a friend of the show, Jordan Baxley. Yeah. Uh, was I forgot who he was playing with, but he probably, ate probably probably himself. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, giggity. Um, so he ate every single person's finisher. That that didn't sound right. Um, every <laughs> every single this show has taken a very quick turn. Every single other person hit their finishing move on Baxley. At one point, Baxley even fell off the ladder out af, off the ladder outside the ring through the announce table. He got the every, again got the crap kicked out of him by everybody, and somehow Baxley was able to recover as everybody else was hurt and on the ground outside the ring. And Baxley won this ladder match that took about forty five minutes to an hour to complete. It was one of the wildest times I ever had in a video game. That's what this match was for for Crash Holly. Crash Holly ate everything from everyone. Yeah. And as some chaos happened towards the end of the match, Crash Holly crawled over, got the pin, and retains yeah. the hardcore championship. He PJ, draped his arm over Taz. Fun stuff. I love the Hardys being in there too. Great chemistry there, adding the ladders to the mix. You know, crowd always pops for them. Yeah. Tell me how you felt about this match. I mean, Again, Crash Holly is is more entertaining um, than he really gets credit for. Uh, I, I I remember the the super heavyweight gimmick where he'd bring a scale to the ring with him. Yeah, weighing um, over uh, four hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, I was I was just gonna mention that. Yeah, I'll never for I'll never forget him sliding down the slide through the mall um, as he's avoiding getting pinned. Like when the actual like when the hardcore championship was was actually a, a true twenty four seven title and not some like some gimmick that it was made out to be with that stupid, like vinyl record looking belt that it was finally retired a few months ago. Um, some yeah, really Nikki, fun stuff Nikki, with the Nikki hardcore championship. The well, she tried to, she missed the trash can and we never that's saw right, it again. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but I mean, this, this era of the hardcore championship, was it good or was it bad for, it was entertaining for us back then, but was it good or bad for wrestling in the long scheme of things? I mean, in the long scheme of things, what is really good for wrestling besides like, um, besides things that are constant? I mean, I, I think it was great. I think it was super fun. I loved it. Uh, one of my favorite memories of the WWF Hardcore Champion is, uh, let's see, is it WrestleMania? I don't know, 17, I think, with Kane, Raven, and Big Show for the Hardcore Champion. Great match. Love that yeah. match. I think uh, the title the title design was was fantastic too. Yeah, I love I love mankind being the very first hardcore champion. When the twenty four seven thing comes up, 
uh, again, it's it's fun. I I enjoy it, and this match was fun. It wasn't it wasn't amazing, but I gave it three stars. I think it was great. And they told a great story when you you talk about Crash Holly overcoming the odds. That's the story, and it's it's great. Well, you want to talk better, about over? It's better. It's better than this next match. No, listen. You want to talk about overcoming the odds? Overcoming the odds is winning an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Uh, good, and then having good. and then and then having to face the world's largest athlete on WWE Backlash uh, near less than two months after losing both of his championships with, by not getting pinned at WrestleMania, we get a match between Kurt Angle and Big Show. Um, but it's not quite Big Show. It is the it is the showster. Um, the gimmick, <laughs> the storyline that we've had uh, leading into this is that Big Show is just trying to have a good time. He's out here trying to impersonate other wrestlers. Um, he comes to, to, to the ring in this match in, in Hulk Hogan, red and yellow, uh, breaks out the, the promo with the, the vitamins. I don't know about the vitamins and prayers, but he's got the 24-inch pythons. He's got the Hulk Hogan voice going. It's great comedy from a 500-pound guy who can actually work. Um, and only, PJ, you said the match was garbage. But it only went two minutes and 35 seconds, so it's not like we had to suffer long with it. Um, I liked Showster here. You didn't like Big Show doing the impersonations of everybody. I, 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 I'm just I'm I'm half serious that it was garbage. It was it was fun for a comedy match. It was great. Um, you know, I was reading a little bit on uh, the forums about this, and there were so many people uh, hating on you know Kurt Angle jobbing the Big Show. And it's like, man, he's he's about to be WWF champion within like six months. Like. It's okay. Relax. Um, my favorite part of this match is Jim Ross's commentary. As as show is doing the Hulk up, he's like, Joe, Jim Ross goes, the old no sell. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then JR also gets in. He gets jokes that about the 19,000 fans here being the most chant for Hogan in years. Oh, yeah. What, what are we doing? We're, uh, by the way, guys, we've talked about it before. We're almost a year, maybe a little less. Uh, yeah, about a less less than a year of WWF purchasing WCW and ECW. And we're throwing these jokes out. And it's so funny to hear. I mean, well, they're, like, know, I mean, it's it's blatant. It's amazing. I mean, in retrospect, they didn't know that it was coming. Correct. WCW yeah. was still trying to survive. Uh, it would be a few months after this where WCW would sort of run off Hogan in the infamous uh, Bash at the Beach incident where Jeff Jarrett laid down, Hogan got the pin, uh, cut his promo, and then Russo came out and cut a scathing promo that that allegedly wasn't agreed on that forced yep. Hogan to leave WCW and sue Vince Russo um, as and a that, result. That's, and, and that's how you got the um, Booker T becoming your champion that night, taking yeah. on Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that this is less than a year from the sale, but they had no idea that it was coming. So again, nice nice comedy here, a nice little break in the action, um, because we get we get some uh, we get some action, we get some TNA action in our next match. If you catch, yeah, my yeah, you're 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 uh, uh, what I'm is on it, it uh, on it with my transitions tonight? Transitions, they are killing it, man. I'm super impressed. I'm I'm loving this. Yes, test, tested Albert. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I've been working hard at this thing, you know, doing three shows now. 
I, oh, yeah, I do this a lot more been, than I was doing. You've been a very busy man, and I, I really segways. That's what I'm trying to say. Your segways, segways are is. just tremendous. So great job. Yep. Um, well, Tested Albert didn't need a segue to get to the ring. Uh, if you're follow, uh, following a Heine like Trish Stratus, um, you're going to have some extra pep in your step. Tested Albert taking on the Dudley Boys. Um, a storyline that I don't think would fly these days, PJ. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley has been power bombing women through tables off the top rope or off the middle <laughs> rope. Hold on, can you? That's a real sentence. Bubba yes. Ray Dudley has been power bombing women through tables. <laughs> that's this just in on five yeah. o'clock news. Bubba Ray Dudley power bombing women through tables. Is it right for you? Tune in tonight. Tune I mean, in at five. Live at five. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley has been has been focusing in on Trish Stratus. Um, somehow, uh, storyline and Trish Stratus has had to kiss Bubba Ray Dudley to avoid being attacked. Um, to think that Bubba Ray Dudley got to kiss Trish Stratus and Velvet Sky in his career, um, is wild, but, but I digress. Um, yeah, the, the whole storyline here is that Bubba Ray Dudley wanted to get his hands on Trish Stratus and he is screaming some obscenities throughout this match. I again, loved it. I, I'm going to get you, you little bitch. Jesus. Yeah. And it gets yeah, hot, too. It's crazy what 23 years removed from this will do because back then, nobody thought anything of it. Today, he would get canceled. Um, today, that would not fly. And so, Bubba Ray Dudley, and the crazy thing was, yeah, you, like you said, they pop for it. The fans are eating it up. The fans love the Dudley boys. Um, you know, we should also mention that a lot of these themes were from that uh, the the uh, the what is it the ruthless aggression DVD or CD that they were putting out, um, where all the uh, all the the actual musicians um, like Run DMC played DX's music earlier in the night. Oh, you talk about uh, yeah, WWF aggression, yeah, yeah, good aggression, stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, but the Dudley's still using their original theme here, and even though it's like pretty basic, it's great. Um, but I digress. Oh, yeah, the fans the, the- the riff in that song, and I'm sorry to interrupt. The the riff in that song, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, I really, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Oh, it's great. Um, but yeah, so this match was this match was okay. It culminates with TNA getting the win, um, but then the Dudley Boys incapacitating them, and Bubba Ray Dudley finally get his hands on Trish Stratus. Um, Trish Stratus tries to kiss him. Unbeknownst to her, he had busted his nose, and so she got a she got a mouthful of Bubba Ray Dudley blood here. Um, and when he puts her, when he puts her up to put her on the table, um, the way she's positioned, he gets a, he gets a face full of puppies as, as Jerry Lawler would, would call, you know, we, we didn't even mention the fact that Deborah had returned in the beginning of the show to be the guest ring announcer. Um, and so we got to hear a puppies call out by, by Jerry, the King Lawler. He doesn't do it here as Trish Stratus goes through the table and then, um, and then we see, uh, you know, they bring out a stretcher. She goes out in an ambulance, um, you know, kayfabe. We don't know her, her condition, yada, yada, yada. Um, but that's how this match, the match ends at, with TNA going over, but the Dudley boys and Bubba Ray Dudley getting his the last um, laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Getting exactly getting the last laugh. I gave, um, yeah, I, gave, I gave this match two stars. It was fun, but yeah, nothing, nothing too incredible. I will say who did look incredible was Trish. And I also wanted to mention there was a backstage promo with Vince and Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson, where it's like, you guys are ready for tonight. You know, we know what we're doing. Blah, blah, blah. And good God, Stephanie looked incredible. Good. It's just, it's just insane. 
you know, um, I'm trying to think how to present this so that we don't come off as we're objectifying women. Careful. Um, careful. But these, there are some beautiful women in WWE during this time frame. And we mentioned Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus just got a, a nice little heel turn on the main roster now. And I know you don't like part-time wrestlers, but she she's coming out. We, we talked about it in a group chat that you and I are both in. She cut a nice promo uh, recently that, on Monday yeah. Night Raw. Um, she's coming out with her long coat again. Um, it's really fun stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm hoping that she can somehow heal her way into another title run so that Becky Lynch can take it off. I don't, it would mean she'd have to take it off Bianca Belair. So it'd be interesting to see. You'd have to see some heel stuff happen. Um, but I'm really interested to see what they're doing with Trish. I am not interested in a Trish title run, but I will say that that promo was really incredible and I was very impressed. Um, and I'll see where it's going. I'd love just for, you know, I don't think there needs to be a title involved. I, 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 it could just be a which woman is better, you know, student versus teacher kind of thing, um, and 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 something like that. I don't think a title needs to be involved. That being said, I, I get what you're saying. Um, whatever, whatever it takes to keep Trish Stratus on my TV every week, I am all for it. You know what I'm saying? Well, you can um, keep you can just keep rewatching Backlash 2000 if you want Trish Stratus on your TV, or if you want to keep China on your TV, you can rewatch Backlash 2000 for this next match where Eddie Guerrero is your year. Yes, yeah, see, I did one. I get one too. Okay. Yeah, uh, Eddie yeah, Guerrero, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eddie you. Guerrero, being your European WWE European champion, um, is going to be taking on S.A. Rios with someone else who was just at WrestleMania, Lita, and of course China. Um, Coming in with Eddie Guerrero, the Latino Heat, baby. So I guess what we're kind of skipping over there is um, Chris Benoit won your Intercontinental Champion at WrestleMania 2000. However, um, Jericho won your European Champion uh, at WrestleMania 2000, as we talked about with Angle losing both of those belts without getting pinned. And Eddie Guerrero, I guess, defeats... Chris Jericho to become that European champion. I was try. I, I had missed that. I had forgotten that that was that that had happened and that was a thing. Yeah. Well, well, it's interesting that like all of the they're still talking about the radicals. Uh, it's you know the radicals arrived not long ago prior to this pay per view, and even though they've got separate matches, they're still being um, lumped in. Most of them have similar music to each other at this time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the European championship would be defended. Eddie Guerrero had taken China to the prom. So he shows up in a tuxedo and uh, they, it's the, I think it might be the first time that Eddie Guerrero drives a car to the ring. Um, and he opens up the trunk Ooh, and basically you might un- be right. undresses. Yeah. He undresses and gets into basically nothing but his tuxedo pants and his cummerbund. Um, but we talked about beautiful women in WWE during this time. We got it here again, China and Lita Lita looking at, as good as ever here. Um, obviously looking much better than she does now, not because she's aged, uh, but because she's, uh, she's more mobile back then. She hasn't had a serious neck injury. She's able to, Correct. to get around and whatnot. Um, eight minutes, 38 seconds, almost three matches that goes eight minutes and 37 seconds in this, in this card. Um, they were one second off from make, making three of them here. Um, but listen, uh, not many people, if you, if you talk about like guys that wrestled during this time period, not a lot of guys are going to remember someone like S.A. Rios, even though he had uh, run with the light heavyweight championship. Obviously, he came to the ring with Lita. 
Um, and he was a great worker, but you don't hear much about him. Um, PJ, did you do you remember much about S.A. Rios from this time or maybe what he did post uh, post his WWF run here? Yeah, I actually remember a lot about S.A. Rios. I'm a I'm a big fan of him. Um, he made his debut in 97 in November um, as part of the, the light heavyweight uh, division, I guess. But he was only 19 and he was Aguila. I, 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 I cannot remember. Aguila. Something like that, maybe. But, um, man, he had a great match with Takamiji Noku at WrestleMania for the light heavyweight champion uh, in 97 or 98. Uh, maybe it was 98. Um, but I am a big fan of S.A. Rios. Also, on WWF No Mercy, I was always um, S.A. Rios. I thought he was so cool, and I loved his theme. I thought he was great. I remember he, he was in AAA for a lot of his career, like 2000 to like 2008 or something like that. He was in TNA for a bit. And I don't know, I think he might still be in AAA um, in Lucha Libre, uh, AAA worldwide. I, I could be wrong about that, but I, I think so without looking it up. Uh, yeah. Interesting. And these guys put on a really good match. Yes. Um, it's, it's hard to explain like how, how the match worked and how the match, how the match flowed. Um, but uh, it was it was a great match, despite um, not a lot of people. Again, like outside of PJ, um, I think if you go and ask the the average WWE fan during this time, if you mention SA Rios, it's sort of like a shoulder shrug, like you know, okay, big whoop. Um, yeah, uh, PJ. Before we move on, anything else? It sounds like you might be looking for um, whether or not this was the first time that Eddie Guerrero drove a car to the ring. But I I think. I think I'm dead on accurate with that. Yeah, I was not. I was not looking that up, but I. I think it might be. That's a really, really good thought. I didn't. I didn't really put that together until you said something. Yeah, great stuff here. More great stuff coming. Um, the WWF Intercontinental Championship would be defended in your next match. Chris Benoit taking on Chris Jericho. This match goes 15 minutes three seconds. Both guys uh, made sort of made names for themselves in WCW. Uh, Chris Jericho was the first big WCW original to defect to WWE. And his first rivalry was obviously with The Rock. And now here he is uh, wrestling former WCW running mate Chris Benoit. Matter of fact, they wrestled in Japan together in ECW. They was mentioned. Oh, yeah. Um, at least Japan was mentioned on the, the commentary here. Um, I think we talked about it off air multiple times. It's really hard to watch a Chris Benoit match and think about it um, for what it is. Like, to think about it, I'm, I, of course, the word is eluding me now, um, objectively, to look at it objectively for the match. Um, but obviously, 15 minutes at this point was the longest match on the card. Uh, PJ, thoughts, Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. Great match. Uh, didn't hate the finish, but I understand why some people would. But they just wanted to continue the storyline. Uh, of course, you have Jericho winning by disqualification as he holds the belt to um, uh, to hit Benoit with the flying headbutt. Or Benoit hits Jericho with the flying headbutt, and Jericho uses the belt to block it. I guess it's just safe. And in it's fairness, Benoit is the one that introduced the title too. Correct. Be Correct. Benoit brought the title in, but he went to hit the diving headbutt, and it just happened. Just so happened to be next to next to Jericho. And Jericho lifts the belt up so it can it can smack Benoit in the face. And Tim White, rest in peace. Tim White was all over this match, and he was God. Yeah, he he was. was an entertaining referee to watch. 
Uh, yeah, I gave this match four and a half stars. I guess I would have get, maybe given it five if it wasn't for the finish. But even then, I, I understood the finish. And I just wanted the rivalry to keep going. Uh, I think uh, the crowd, the crowd did not like the finish. <laughs> no, but that's okay. no, the crowd, the crowd was, when you talk about popping, the crowd popped in a negative way for the finish of this match. Um, but, you know, long, long story booking I, 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 or long-term booking, I kind of wonder um, not remembering for, you know, right off the top of my head what happened after this match, but I'm sure it led to a rematch between these two um, going into it. It's hard for me to recommend anybody to watch a Chris Benoit match um, because a lot of people have a hard time separating Chris Benoit the wrestler versus Chris Benoit and the tragedy that befell uh, the, the Benoit family. Um, well, I, I remember the what kind of goes after this. I remember I, Jericho starts getting more into the into the title picture because I remember the next pay per view. I think is like Insurrection, and that's one of the um, the British the UK pay per views. Uh, it was uh, it was done in London, and um, anyway, I remember the the tagline being. London Bridge is the only thing that's falling down. Oh <laughs> Jesus! But uh, but your next U.S. pay per view was uh, Judgment Day, and you had Benoit um, as the Intercontinental Champion in a submission match against Jericho. But at that Insurrection pay per view, you had um, uh, Kurt Angle versus Benoit. I'm not sure why Jericho wasn't on the U.K. pay per view, but again, in Judgment Day. Um, the next U.S. pay-per-view, and again, Jericho Benoit for a submission match for the Intercontinental Champion. And I know we were recording this on 420. I don't partake, but it's funny because I remember specifically that Judgment Day 2000, um, the uh, there was 420,000 buys. Well, that's an interesting number to uh, to <laughs> for it for to have. Um, wow, yeah, that's that's. Quite the coincidence on the day that we're recording this show. <laughs> um, and we talked about all my great segues. I don't have one for this. Um, we've reached the main event of this card. Um, once again, the WWF Championship is on the line. Triple H and the McMahon-Helmsley regime. Um, putting it all against The Rock. Part of the storyline was that Stone Cold Steve Austin um, had just shown up and destroyed the DX Express. Um that they were teasing the fact that he was going to be there and be in the corner of The Rock. Um, as Triple H comes to the ring, Vince McMahon gets on the mic and says, Stone Cold will not be here tonight. Um, it's being teased on, on commentary that Stone Cold may show up to screw The Rock. Um, then the, we get The Rock coming in as the uh, challenger. He comes in after the champion, which doesn't happen very often. Um, but here we go. The Rock and Triple H for the world championship. Uh, 19 minutes, 22 seconds. And despite the uh, uh, take, seeing a ref bump, Shane McMahon also special guest referee claimed to be calling the calling the match down the middle. Um, wouldn't wouldn't call wouldn't wouldn't go down for counts for the Rock. Um, he would try a fast count at one point for Triple H. Uh, he would um, he would take a bump. We would get another referee to come out. Uh, when, well, Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe would come out in referee shirts. And eventually, Stone Cold Steve Austin will have seen enough, comes out and lays waste to everyone, uh, sets up the one, two, three, and your new World Wrestling Federation champion, The Rock, defeats Triple H here at Backlash 2000. A lot of gaga, but it was 
par for the course for this era of WWE. Uh, PJ, what say you? I loved this match. I gave this match five stars. It was and great. I know I'm a I know I'm a guy that hates Gaga, but there's so many spots I love. Let's talk about the fight that goes out uh, to the Spanish announce table where uh, Triple H is going to try pedigree. Rock's going to stop it, hit a low blow, going for a rock bottom, and Shane's going to stop it. So Rock grabs him, and we see a double rock bottom. Oh, so table. good. Vince's expression was just terrific. I God, it was so good. Everything was so good. And then when when Austin comes out, man, isn't that a meme now? Like with that particular time that Austin comes out and starts hitting everybody with a chair. And, I believe uh, so. It's a gif it's like, or something like that. Now. Yeah, it's like it's like when you when you come back from work and but I don't know something. You know, I think it's a meme now. But God and Jr. And Austin, Austin, and it's just fantastic. Linda McMahon's going to come out with Earl Hebner, that uh, who Triple H had recently fired. Stephanie's going to get in Linda's face and then get shoved down to the mat for her trouble. We get a spine buster and a people's elbow as Hebner just slides in for the count. God, what a great match. What a great finish. I, was, I, I yeah. was so excited to talk to you about this match because I loved – I mean, I'm, I'm on my couch just cheering and laughing. I had forgotten Austin was really going to show up. I mean, I figured he would, but, like – because, you know, you're teasing it so much. But, like, I just forgot when it was going to happen. And when I when a when that glass hit, man, I legitimately jumped off from my couch. I was happy, and it's cool that wrestling, this this beautiful thing that we enjoy, can still make you do that, even though you kind of know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, five star match, great pay per view. I enjoyed this so so much. So it's interesting that you talk about everything that happened and all the Gaga in this match. Um, I should mention that on our last football show. Uh, Banker Bill and I started off for the first six or seven minutes talking about the ma- the show that we launched uh, last week, the Goldberg Deep Dive. Um, and uh, he listened to the whole show that you and I did. Yeah. Um, and his his thought process was that like it's it's hard, and he, he thinks that it looks sort of um, hokey, knowing that the outcomes are predetermined and whatnot, and that it's hard to get behind something when he when when you know you know what's going to happen. Um, I had to explain to him that like, sometimes they know what's going to happen, but we don't. And when you can get someone emotionally invested into a match and, you know, people, you know, I, I, I argued with him or I talked to him about the people tuned in to watch Goldberg to see who was going to be the one to beat Goldberg. Right. When you watch this match, they put all the cards against the rock. You were, you were waiting for the one the one spot that was going to do the rock in and retain the title for triple H. And instead here comes stone cold, Steve Austin. And that's when you knew, okay, all hell's about to break loose. Um, let's see what's going to happen. And you see him, you know, obviously assist the rock, uh, getting rid of all the riffraff. And then at the end of the match, after the match is over with, uh, he shares a beer with the rock and all is well in the world as triple H has been dethroned as your champion um pj before we take our final break and get into our curtain call uh what are your final thoughts on what was wwf backlash 2000 i want to also mention that uh to people to, to people who say like well i can't watch wrestling because you know who's predetermined you you know it's predetermined so you know it's gonna win so you don't watch movies at all then at all right like that's what i always say because it's like 
you know, do you want you did you watch Rocky? Yeah. Well, you knew Rocky was gonna win. Like it's it's Rocky. You watch the journey of how he wins. We watch the journey of how Rock wins. We watch the the how it's gonna happen. Did you watch Rocky and, too? Yeah, with him beating Apollo Creed, yeah. No, Rocky that was that was Rocky two. Well, no, he lost in the original Rocky. Well, Rocky the first two, one, no, he didn't lose. He drawed. He, he was it was a tie with him and Apollo Creed. They both couldn't answer the the ten count. And then Rocky two, he defeats Apollo Creed. Okay, so then Rocky three. Did you expect him to win in Rocky three? To beat Clubber Lang, absolutely. Yeah, but he lost to Clubber Lang earlier in the early in the movie. He right, and Cody Rhodes has just lost to Roman Reigns. Ooh, all right. I see where you're taking this. Um. Fair, fair analysis, fair, fair comparison, I guess. Um, but yeah, listen. Like, did, I did, told, you watch, did you watch Star Wars? Yeah, but the Empire Strikes Back. You think that like all hope is lost? And then you watch the beautiful revival of oh, look at the Empire dying. You know, I got I got to talk to you off the air about Star Wars because there was a there was a TikTok the other day where a guy uh, went through and explained how every single Star Wars movie was was named improperly. Um, that's for another day and another show. PJ, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we are going to go into the curtain call. Uh, we've talked a lot about former WCW guys and WCW being purchased less than a year from this pay-per-view. We are going to give you our top five fantasy matchups during the Monday Night War era that we never got to see. Stay tuned for the curtain call when we come back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. everybody welcome back to the show and welcome to the curtain call uh a new segment if you haven't been paying attention um pj steven and i give you our top five countdowns every week in the curtain call of the show and this week's curtain call is none other than our top five fantasy matchups from the monday night war era that we never got to see pj are you ready I am ready. That wasn't PJ. I said, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, there we go. All right, top five fantasy matchups from the Monday Night War. PJ, give me your number five. So my number five, I wanted to try. (laughs) I wanted to try and keep it a little bit simple. I didn't want to go. Too insane because I've you know there's a thousand matches that you can book for the you know these kind of things, so you want to try and keep it. You know you kind of want to try and keep it to where it's not you know crazy. So let's just real quick. So you're doing any time in WCW and any time in WWF, right? Well, that was typically the Monday Night War era. That's that was the idea, but you can you know that's no 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 no, that's perfect. That's what I that's 
the first thing that that's the first thing that I had. And then I threw some other little ones in there just in case we were doing just doing no matter what. But I have the the top five for for what you just said. All right, let's so hear it. Let's hear your number five. So don't you worry. Um, the first one I would do uh, Ultimo Dragon uh, versus Jeff Hardy. Oh man, I never would have even thought about that. Um, that's a good super one. Fun. Super fun. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 gonna spoiler alert. Give you um two of my top five or tag team matches, and I'll give you my first one, and that's the Steiner brothers against the APA. I would have loved to have seen Ron Simmons and Bradshaw and Rick and Scott Steiner just beat the crap out of each other. PJ, that's a number really four. Good, that's a really good one. Thanks, that's man. A really, really, that's a really good one. I like that one a lot. Um, I'm going to go with Randy Savage, uh, like, you know, Madness, you know, NWO Savage versus uh, this era of Triple H right here. I don't – did we ever get to see if Randy Savage versus – Paul Levesque, Triple H, one-on-one. Did um, we ever get to see that? I think we did, uh, and it might have been when uh, – well, I guess not, because I think it was when uh, Triple H was uh, – Hunter Hearst Helmsley. No, not even then, when he was terrorizing in WCW. Randy Savage was in WCW at that time. Oh, maybe you're not. Or maybe, so you're, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just Randy Savage maybe, versus maybe Triple we, H. Maybe we just never saw that. Maybe we just never saw that. What so a great fantasy have- booking because you never would have seen it. So that's awesome. Yeah. I dig it. Um, my number four, um, you feel like it'd be higher on the list, but it's not. Um, we almost got to see it for real, but we never did because uh, one of the competitors didn't think he would be able to have a good match. And so at WrestleMania in Toronto, uh, we got to see Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan taken on The Rock. But my fantasy matchup number four is Hulk Hogan against Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's a uh, – yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, Hogan was the the eat your vitamins, say your prayers of the 80s. Stone Cold was Austin 316, middle fingers drinking beers um, of the 90s. Uh, you had – it would have been great to see those two guys um, in late 98, 99 uh, going one-on-one. PJ, give me your number three. Number three, I'm going to go The Outsiders, Nash and Hall versus The Brothers of Destruction. Ooh. Now, I know we got to see The Undertaker and Kevin Nash. We got to see Undertaker and Diesel one-on-one. We got to see – I mean, we even got to see, really, uh, Isaac Yankum, otherwise known as Kane, against uh, – matter of fact, the greatest part about it is that Kane was fake Diesel. Isaac Yankum becomes fake Diesel. So – yeah, that's a, that's a nice little matchup to think about. Um, I'll give you, I'll, you know, I'll make my number three attack team match then too. Um, give me for my number three fantasy match of the Monday Night War era, the Harlem Heat against the Dudley Boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a really good one. Right, uh, dude. I'm. I, I, this is the kind of stuff that I live for, man. Thinking about what we never got to see. I mean, imagine like a like a like a a six-pack challenge of tag teams. And we talked about it when we fantasy booked WrestleMania. Um, sure. You get you get the Steiner brothers and the Har- the Harlem Heat. Um, screw the Nasty Boys. They're terrible. Um, but you get teams like the APA, the Dudleys. The, I mean, think about Harlem Heat versus the Hardy Boys and yeah. what they could have done together. Um, but, yeah, I'm going Harlem Heat and APA. Or, I'm sorry, our Harlem Heat and the Dudley Boys. Um, PJ, who's your number two 
fantasy book match. And before we get to it, I think we're going to have the same number one. But let's hear your number two. We're not going to have the same number one because I didn't want to go. I don't want to go so cliche. I don't know what you're going to hit me with. But my number two, I'm going to go DDP versus The Rock. Shut up, PJ. Get out of my head. That is my number two as well. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean it's, it's an obvious thing. It's obvious. The People's Champion versus the People's Champion. Two guys that were able to get over organically. I mean, obviously, The Rock had to t- turn heel to do it. Um, but we've talked about it. The fact we thought DDP should have been the guy to take the title off of Goldberg. Um, yeah, what a great, what a, what a how, how coincidental is that, uh, that we both had uh, DDP and Rock for number two. PJ, give me your number one fantasy booked uh, match, crossover match during the Monday Night War. Well, you want me to give you Sting and Taker. That's not what I'm going to give you. I'm going to yeah, give that's... you, I'm, I'm going to give you um, Sting. Versus Shawn Michaels. That's a good one too. Yeah. I, I mean, also listen. I also had Sting versus Bret Hart, and I know we'll see that in WCW later on. But I, that match was just terrible. And imagine Bret Hart being, you know, head of the Hart Foundation. That you know, anti-American Bret Hart versus your 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 Sting of Surfer uh, American Sting. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, God, how fun would that be? But yeah, HBK being. A little bit more realistic, I'll say. Um, Sting and um, and uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I think Surfer Sting versus DX Shawn Michaels, or even prior to that, like it was the franchise. Sting was the franchise for WCW. Shawn Michaels was the franchise for W. He and the Undertaker were the franchise for WWE. They were the guys that didn't go back and forth. Obviously, uh, Taker Mark Calloway had some time in, in WCW. Had some time, uh, I believe, down in Memphis. Yep. Um, but when he went to WWE, he stayed there, as did Shawn Michaels. Um, I don't believe Shawn Michaels ever spent a day in WCW. Um, so I, I dig it. Um, obviously, for obvious reasons, I'm going Pro Sting versus, uh, you know, Ministry Undertaker or, you know, Dead Man Undertaker. Yeah. Um, because it's the match we always wanted to see. And, it's, we know, I, we, I try to book it on our fantasy WrestleMania. And when I drafted Undertaker, you had to be a jerk and draft Sting. So... Um, but I digress. Uh, PJ, this has been a really fun show, and I really enjoyed our, our curtain call this week. Um, this show will be airing the week of April 24th. Um, I will be in the Atlantic Ocean when this show airs on a cruise. Um, so, PJ, for the fans listening when this goes out, is there anything you want to, to say to them before we sign off tonight? No, I think thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out with us, listening to this classic pay per view. Uh, if you go go out of your way to watch this pay per view, the whole thing was really sweet. But you know, watch that man. Actually, I would watch the last three matches. I mean, if you go out of your way to watch those, those are great. But the main event is off the chain, and um, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, I second that to, to PJ. Um, some really really good classic two thousands uh, wrestling here. Um, once again, uh, you're listening to the show. I am not in the country at this moment, uh, and therefore no football show this week. Banker Bill and I are on the cruise together. Uh, we will be back next week for another football show. We are going to be uh, reviewing the NFL draft as well as the final week of the XFL season and week two of the USFL. PJ, Steven, and I uh, will be back next week talking uh, talking this year's WWE Backlash. 
um, with uh, it features matches like Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar um, and others. So stay tuned for that. But for the rest of your day or evening, wherever it is that you're listening, enjoy it. And thanks once again to, to Second PJ's Sentiment. Thank you for hanging out with us whenever it is that you're listening. For PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye. We'll see you next time right here on Tap House and Touchdowns.